And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up NBA Draft Recap. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to this little thing we like to call the Wrap It Up Podcast. Part of the On Blast Podcast Network. If you don't know, you can follow us anywhere you get your podcast. That's on YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander. Yes, I didn't forget my name. <laughs> you can follow us on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander. You can also follow the pod, follow along for the links on Twitter. You can follow me at Shell Alexander on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Get it? Get why I was confused? Like the YouTube page and Instagram is Sheldon Alexander. The Twitter, Shell Alexander. See how I got that messed up? Happens sometimes. It happens. But you know what? We're unpolished and unapologetic here on the On Blast Network, so that's okay. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash podcast. That's where you can follow along if you enjoy such things as talking basketball. Because we got you covered. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And I know everyone is fired up because the Twitter mentions were on fire last night during the NBA draft. As, of course, your Toronto Raptors were picking fourth in the NBA draft on Thursday night. As mentioned, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as you can see, if you're used to this On Blast podcast, the set looks a little different. We've still got renovations going on, so there's no normal set. I've actually been working on the Jays broadcast the past couple days, so I've been kind of busy. But at the end of the day, no matter what, because of what's going on in Raptorland, we had to figure out a way to get to have a little conversation time to discuss what's going on in Raptorland because Raptors fans are fired up and and they should be picking fourth in the NBA draft is a big deal and when you consider the success that this organization has had over the last seven years it's been a while since this team has been in a position to draft this high And coming off of the disappointment that was last season, you add all those things up and this NBA draft is a big deal. And so this is why we had to be here to discuss this, the Wrap It Up podcast and what's going on with your Toronto Raptors because there's lots going on. This might not be the time to remind everyone that Masai Jiri still doesn't have a contract, (laughs) but he's still here putting in work. Kyle Lowry, we still don't know at this point if Kyle Lowry will be with the Raptors next season or where Kyle Lowry will play next season. We don't know. There's Pascal Siakam rumors floating around all over the place. But of course, as mentioned, we're here to talk about the NBA draft because, and I got to get this pot out because I feel like there's a lot of news that could come out and change things here in the NBA because we are officially in the silly season of the NBA. Things got started off with the Russell Westbrook trade going to the Lakers, which is just craziness in the NBA, but we know that. We're used to that. But in terms of Raptors fans, I know why you guys are here if you're listening to this, because you care about the Toronto Raptors. You want to know a little more about what's going on with the Toronto Raptors, and I'm just here providing a space where you can discuss a little more information, a little more in-depth in terms of what happened with the Toronto Raptors and their fourth pick. So if you're listening to this at the places mentioned earlier live, if you're watching this live on Twitch or on YouTube or on Twitter, send in your comments and questions, ask away. I will go through a bunch of those comments at the end of this pod and everyone else, hey, listen to the pod wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Either way, thank you guys for rocking with me here on the on Blast Podcast or the Wrap It Up Podcast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, if I get my particulars in order. Let's get to things here, right? Because the NBA draft was Thursday night, and the first three picks were as advertised. You had the Pistons, they took Cade Cunningham, the Rockets took Jalen Green, and the Cavs took Evan Mobley. And then things got interesting at number four with your Toronto Raptors, because there was a lot of talk 
just, I, I think NBA-wide, talking about how Jalen Suggs was the number four prospect, right? Everyone thought he was the number four guy after those first three names I just mentioned. So the assumption was that's where the Raptors would fall. Earlier on in the day, Sportsnet's own Michael Grange wrote an article. Is he follows a team? He's as plugged in as anybody in this city, in this market, plugged into the Raptors. And he followed suit. He said on draft day, quote, on the draft front, according to the intel I've been able to gather, the Raptors have zeroed in on Gonzaga's six foot five two-way guard Jalen Suggs as their preferred choice if he's available. Close quote. Now again, there's a lot of buzz between the Raptors and Suggs. I mentioned he's a fourth-rated prospect. There were some people that I really love and listen to. You know, there's a lot of people that I listen to that do a lot more research and watch a lot more ball than I do. And I trust them and what they see. And I, I'm here to take in information. We live in this world of absolutes. And it doesn't have to be absolutes. A lot of things are just information. And then you make the decisions after that, right? But I love soaking in information. And there are a lot of people that I listen to that liked Jalen Suggs a lot. They thought Jalen Suggs you know, could be the best player in this draft down the line. The difference between him and Cade Cunningham was pretty close and it might come down to situation, right? And which organization might develop them better. So there were a lot of people that really loved Jalen Suggs. Of course, if you watch the NCAA tournament, which I'm sure that's where most basketball fans would have been familiar with Suggs and he had the crazy moment where he hit the half court game winner. Of course, he had crazy just winning plays on the defensive end as well. There's lots to love about Jalen Suggs, right? There's the intangibles. There's the leadership qualities. All the things that your high school coach would love to talk about their starting point guard, right? He seemed to fit into that Raptors mold of that tough, gritty, grinded out two-way guard of Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and even to a lesser extent, Malachi Flynn, who they drafted last year. The same kind of dude, right? the tough-minded point guard, that floor general. Lots to love about Jalen Suggs. So it would make sense that the Raptors would like a player of that makeup. I understand it. Totally get it. Now, I'm going to say this, and it's obvious. I'm not Masai Ujiri. I'm not Bobby Webster. I feel the need to say that because of the weird way that the internet works where just because someone has an opinion, the other side has to come knock them down and be like, well, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, chill out. Relax, we're just talking ball. It's not that serious, right? Just all talking basketball, okay? I'm not claiming to know a sliver in terms of knowledge that Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, or anyone else in the Raptors front office knows, okay? I'm just me. I'm just a dude. I set up a microphone. I just happen to work in the media. I've been covering the game of basketball for around 20 years. I watch a lot of ball. I consume a lot of ball. I love basketball. And... I love talking about basketball. So this is why we're here, plain and simple, right? So I'm just saying, I'm giving my opinion. I'd like to think that it's somewhat informed, but overall, I just like talking ball and hearing what everyone else has to say, right? Part of that, Monday, I went on our friend Matt Russell's podcast. He does a a podcast called The Window. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It's a gambling pod, but that was based on what, you know, where you thought certain guys were going to go. And he asked me what I thought the Raptors would do with the fourth pick. I said, I didn't really see them taking Suggs for a lot of reasons. I thought, to me, overall, when I look at Jalen Suggs, I thought that if you're the Toronto Raptors and you're ranking these prospects and you look at Jalen Suggs and you say, hey, can he be a really good rotation guy or a sixth man on a championship team? That'd be a really good career if you're Jalen Suggs, right? Well, the Raptors have that in Fred Van Fleet, and they locked him up. So that doesn't mean that Jalen Suggs can't be better than Fred Van Fleet. It's just saying you have that already. So are you going to double up on that in this instance, or are you going to try to diversify a little? Right? That was my thought. I also thought it might be a little bit too by the book for the Raptors, who don't really seem to do things by the book. It just seemed kind of weird to me that they would just take Suggs, and I just thought maybe they'd try and trade up. Or maybe they try and trade down and accumulate more assets and take something else more that would fit into, you know, the Masai Ujiri draft model. We've seen this already, right? The 6'8", 6'9", 
perimeter guy who can kind of do it all, switch every position on defense, right? Can you trade down and say, get Kaminga or something like that? Or maybe even Scotty Barnes and get an asset along the way. But staying at four and taking Suggs, didn't really think that would work for the Raps. It just, I didn't see it. I didn't have any insight, just my thoughts. As I always say, the wise words of Mr. Sean Carter, just my thoughts, man. <laughs> right or wrong, it's what I'm feeling at the time, right? So again, I thought the Raps would trade the pick, trade up or down, get more assets, but I did not see them taking Scotty Barnes. I'll be honest, that wasn't on my radar at all. But I did write up a bunch of notes, you know, just on different prospects and stuff to go on the pod. I also wasn't sure if I was going to do a preview pod on our On Blast network, but the research was still done. The work was still done. And I'll share with you right now what I wrote about Scotty Barnes. Again, this is before the draft. I simply wrote, quote, I don't like drafting players that high that can't shoot. Not in this era of the NBA or really in any era of the NBA. But especially in this era, I don't like taking guys that high in the draft that can't shoot. Just me, just my opinion, and I hope I'm wrong. But imagine my surprise when the Raptors draft Scotty Barnes with the number four pick, right? I was surprised. I'm sure I wasn't the only one that was surprised because my Twitter timeline seemed to blow up at the at the moment with people trying to figure out, wait a second, what's going on here? Scotty Barnes, I thought we were taking Jalen Suggs. I was enjoying watching over and over again the Jalen Suggs bucket that he hit to win the national or to get to the championship game. People were locked into this already. So I was surprised. I was very surprised. Okay? So I thought initially got to be a part of a trade or something. I mean, in reality, I guess it still could be part of a trade, but my first thought was, hold up. Can OG, Pascal, and Scotty Barnes all play at the same time? Because in my mind, if you're taking someone at the number four pick, you're hope and you're the Raptors, meaning you just need good dudes on your team. You need bodies that you can plug and play, right? In my mind, I'm like, can you play those three guys at the same time? And hey, maybe, maybe they can right? But still, I was a little confused. My timeline was flooded with comments, a bunch of people wondering if this means the end of Pascal Siakam, right? Because we all know that's an issue. We'll we'll get to that, I promise. So hold, we'll get back to the Pascal Siakam side of things here. But what did it mean? The comments were on fire. A lot of folks didn't get it, and I'm one of them. I'll be honest. But let's talk this through. Let's try to peel back the layers because I'm about the nuance. It's not about right or wrong. It's about figuring things out. It's about the discussion. It's about information. So let's let's start to peel things back here. Let's start here, right? So the Raptors had their worst season in a very long time last year, right? They tanked at the end of the year in Tampa and then got the ping pong balls to go their way and to move up to the number four spot in the draft. It's not every day that an organization this good ends up in the opportunity to pick that high in the draft. Remember, in the last decade, right? It's it's very rare to have this happen. So when you're here, you want the fan base's hype because you want to hit a home run. You want to get a player that can change the course of your franchise. You hope that you can get a superstar type player. That's why for me, right? Like that's a dream. That's a hope. And as fans, that's what we do. We dream and hope, right? But that's why I wanted a little more than Suggs, or at least more assets than just Suggs. So I think that's why when I heard Barnes, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I was barely sold on taking Suggs, much less to take Barnes. And mind you, Barnes was the number fifth ranked prospect. So it's not like, you know, it's that crazy or that insane that they went so far off the board. They literally, on most people's projected uh, mock drafts, Barnes was the fifth pick. Suggs was the fourth pick. So it's not like the Raptors did some crazy reach. That's not it, right? That's not it at all. But I just think the thought prospect was that you wanted a little bit more after the tank season, after the ping pong balls fall your way, and you end up with the fourth pick. So let's break it down a little more. Let's let's dig a little deeper in the Scotty Barnes. Because I think for me at times... Sometimes I like to simplify things, right? I know we we do all these deep dives into the draft and we overthink things, but there's some basic rules. Dare I say, as Simmons would say, you know, the, the VP of common sense, right? Let's break things down a little, right? 
Let's, let's, let's do that here. So, again, I'll go back to our guy, Michael Grange, who after the draft, great column on sportsnet.ca, but here's the good on what he had to say about Scotty Barnes. Quote, while there is plenty of reason to connect Barnes to the Raptors, a six foot nine with high basketball IQ, playmaking skills, and the ability to guard all five positions is almost an embodiment of the organization's values. The thinking was that if the Raptors are going to take him, they might trade down to do it. Right? Cool. Makes sense. But then there was this from Mr. Grange. Quote, the first thing I'll have to figure out is how to shoot. It's the only gap in his resume but it's a limiting factor in his long-term potential. He's fairly categorized as a non-shooter given he was just 11 for 40 from the three-point line and shot just 62% from the free throw line and doesn't have a lot of options offensively as a scorer. He averaged 10 points a game for a Florida State team that advanced to Sweet 16. Close quote. So again, let me just recap that. The first thing he'll have to figure out is how to shoot. Maybe it's just me. That's not something that I would want from the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Unless I'm talking about like Embiid or Shaq or Giannis or some like crazy dominating physical force. But again, that's just me, right? Let's continue to go, to go through some other things, right? Scotty Barnes came off the bench at Florida State last year. He started only seven games. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. College basketball is a different game than the NBA. You have some coaches who don't really value freshmen as much. They want them to earn their minutes. It's a lot more, it's not as positionless as let's say the NBA is, especially for someone with Scotty Barnes's skill set. There are reasons for that. I get that. But on a very surface level, I want my guy to not come off the bench in college if I'm taking you at the fourth overall pick. Again, that's just me. And hey, we could point to Devin Booker. Devin Booker came off the bench for Kentucky right? We know the Harrison twins, they're pretty good in college. Devin Booker's obviously a way better NBA player. So I get it. It does happen. But in a general rule, I'd prefer if my fourth overall pick in the NBA draft didn't come off the bench in college. Again, that's just me. So let's keep breaking this down because there's a lot of comps to Pascal and OG, long athletic wings. Cool. I get that. But I'm going to ask you, do those guys go fourth in the NBA draft? I don't know. I don't think so. And why? Because you can get those guys later on, right? So so let's, let's play along. Let's play along with this though. And let's say you can play all these three guys at the same time. I think you can, as mentioned, modern NBA, positionless basketball, guys guarding multiple positions. Plus in the Eastern Conference, you need to be able, forget Eastern Conference, in your division, you need to be able to match up with KD and Harden with the Brooklyn Nets. You need to be able to match up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's just within your division, right? Then, I mean, there's still Simmons and, and Tobias Harris. You need long athletic guys to be able to match up with dudes in your division. Then we get into the Giannis's and Jimmy Buckets just in the Eastern Conference. So I get it. Can you really have too many 6'8", 6'9", tough defenders on your team? No, you can't, right? So I get it. Totally understand. My question just becomes, who's scoring for this team? And, and I'll be fair and say we're saying that in this moment. What this roster is right now isn't necessarily what the roster is going to be come the start of next season. But we can only talk about at this moment what's in front of us, right? So we'll, we'll see how this develops, but this is what makes it interesting as we peel back the layers. So I will say there is a side where I understand, hey, just grab as many of these dudes that you hope can at least give these guys fits, these star players. It's going to be tough to play against the Toronto Raptors, right? And clearly, we know the Raptors program. They're building tough, hard-nosed defenders, grinders who play defense, night in, night out. This team has an identity. Truth be told, those teams that work hard in the NBA every single night at the defensive end, you win a lot of games. You can be a 500 team by default just by defensive effort and playing hard on a night in, night out basis. And I get that's what the Raptors and Masai Jiri has been building over the years. 
they are going to be a tough team to play against. So I get it. I get the culture thing. I really, really do. Teams will hate playing against the Raps, especially in the regular season. Heavy heavy emphasis in English on the regular season. Now, of course, you need to win in the regular season to get to the playoffs. And we know in the playoffs, you win with stars. So again, I understand because Messiah has proven when the opportunity arises, he will shoot his shot and try to land a star. So in the meantime, you just keep acquiring assets. You keep building the team in the culture that you see fit. And I get it. It's hard to do, but he's done it already, right? So we have to believe and we have to believe in Messiah's Raptors fans. So I get that. And I want people to understand exactly what I'm saying here because I'm literally going back and forth here and trying to break down the layers of this because it's not as simple as, oh, I think Scotty Barnes is a terrible pick and I don't think he's ever going to be good. That's not what I'm saying at all. I don't think that at all. My whole thing, and I'm going to repeat this a bunch of times throughout this, could you have gotten more assets for him if you traded down 2-5? Could you have gotten something else and then taken Barnes? I don't know. Maybe right? But either way, I get it. I understand it. I see how he fits into this Raptors culture, why he's a defensive guy, you know, high basketball IQ. You can see him playing the high post and the offense running through him at certain points, kind of like Marc Gasol used to do. If you watch a lot of the highlights, you can see that in his game. So I get it. And I understand it on that level. So for me, I'm learning that I have to try to separate those two things, building the culture that guarantees regular season success, and then that chase for the stars that you hope can ultimately lead you to a chip. But in the meantime, when you don't have those stars, you got to continue to build your culture. But hey, for people to understand that takes a nuanced conversation, right? And I don't even know if we have time for that in 2021 where we debate every little thing. We can't even agree on simple things like masks. But that's a story for another day. Not even going to get into that, right? Obviously, I'm messing around, but you get the point, right? This is kind of the pod that I want to do where we break things down. We kind of try to see things from all angles, get information, and just try to make sense of it all. And as always, I'm going to be honest with you guys, right? I keep receipts. I'll be the first one to hold up my hand and be like, hey, yeah, I was wrong about this. So I'm going to be honest, Scotty Barnes at four, I just don't get it. And as we said to recap, I don't like guys who can't shoot in the modern era of this NBA where we value shooting so much. I don't like guys who come off the bench in college that get drafted that high. And the comps that you're hearing, OG and Pascal, those guys go later in the draft normally, right? But let's get to some more comps. The ringer's Kevin O'Connor. Here's his comps of... Scotty Barnes. And for, you know, there's people out there who will say comps are stupid, blah, blah, blah. But again, it's just more information. Doesn't have to mean that that's the letter of the law. It just means that in this instance, it's just a starting point, right? So his comps for Scotty Barnes, Draymond Green, Pascal Siakam, and a taller and bulkier Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> again, I'm not a fan of any of those things at the number four of pick but hey i get it right maybe you know again try and trade down for him but that's just me the sixth man of the year in the acc cool but not really for me at number four but let's talk about you know some solutions because i think to just crush the pick doesn't make sense so let's talk about some other things that might have happened right because i did say i wasn't really that big of a fan of Suggs either mind you <laughs> with where we are now if they had taken Suggs if you give me the option would I take Suggs or Scotty Barnes probably would have leaned Suggs but who knows we'll see whatever time will tell that's the beauty of the draft and the beauty of what we're doing in this moment right now where we pretend to know how these kids are going to react and turn out as NBA players right let's talk about some other things because I honestly wanted them to trade up and get Jalen Green get into that mix that's what I really wanted, but hey, Houston was not going to give up that, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to do that. It's, it's too much. He's too high of a prospect. There's too many just good things about Jalen Green that you can't pass up on him at two. So let's talk about trading down. In my mind, when I said trade down and get more assets, maybe you pick up an extra pick later on in the first round, but 
you know, I liked Book Night. I thought Book Night, because, and maybe this is a problem, and you don't draft for need, but at the same time, if things are kind of close, I want the dude that gets buckets. And one thing we know about Book Night from UConn is he gets buckets. Like, buckets, 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 okay? And when I think of this Raptors team, that's one thing they're missing. A dude who can get their shot off at any time. And if there's a dude who's just a legit scorer, who can, I mean, you drop 20 points, he averaged 19 points per game at UConn last year. And he can score at all three levels. He's a solid ball handler. He's super athletic. And the mid-range game is nice, right? Think of like, and again, we're making comps here, so don't hold me to this. But when you're trying to think of what kind of player that could be, you know, you're looking at a CJ McCollum. You're looking at a Donovan Mitchell, something like that, you know, and not to that level, not saying he would be that guy, just saying skill set wise, how they develop, what he ultimately turns into. That's another story. That depends on situation, coaching, hard work, all those things. But we're just talking from a skill set standpoint. When I watch the Raptors, I think there are a lot of times on offense when they needed a bucket and they just struggled to get a bucket. But again, I also understand the flip side of that. Why are you drafting for need when your team is really bad? Right? That wasn't a good Raptors team last year. So you just need good players. So I get both sides. And again, we're about nuance. We're just we're just talking things through here. Right? So, if not Book Knight, right? Who are some other guys they could have traded down for? Well, maybe Kaminga. Kaminga was a guy who he also was with Jalen Green on the G League Ignite team, but Kaminga had a bad year. Whereas Jalen Green had a really good year for the G League Ignite team and, and that worked well for him. Kaminga didn't go well. He looked lost out there a lot. During some of those games, you know, you questioned, you know, work ethic on defense. Not a lot of good things there. But to me, the way that I look at the Raptors and the way that I look at the NBA draft, there's a difference between the Toronto Raptors taking a project and let's say the Sacramento Kings taking a project or the Orlando Magic taking a project. What I mean by that is the Raptors have a history of showing that they can develop talent. So I would have understood if, hey, Kaminga's a depreciating asset in the eyes of many GMs because he didn't really work well, but the Raptors are trading down and taking a chance because there's more value for him down at six or seven, and you pick up another asset in trading down, and you trust in your development team. I would have understood that. I get that. So again, Book Knight gets buckets. Raptors don't have someone who can do that. But at the end of the day, Book Knight fell all the way to 11 to Charlotte. And to be honest, I love that for Charlotte, by the way, which tons of time to talk about all that. But no book night, Kaminga, as mentioned, didn't go well for him with the G League instead of going to college, didn't work for him. But heading into last season, he was one of the top prospects. In fact, some would have had him locked in to the top three. So I would have understood the Raps taking a super athletic wing and putting him in their development program and also picking up another asset for trading down. So I get it. And maybe that's just my issue with Barnes. I needed more from the fourth pick. So if they had traded down, traded back one, and then taken Barnes and got another asset, maybe I would have been more on board. And maybe this whole thing is just nitpicking. But hey, this is what I do. I like basketball. And this clearly is what you do because you're sitting here listening to me talk about basketball, right? But again, overall, it's my thoughts, and I hope I'm wrong, because of course, Masai knows way more than I do, and there's a lot of other people asking why not Suggs, so let's get to a bit of that, right? A lot of talk about the Suggs workout. Both the ringers, Kevin O'Connor, and ESPN's Brian Windhorst, two dudes who are super plugged in, both reported that word around town in NBA circles was that Jalen Suggs didn't have a really good workout for the Toronto Raptors. His workout did not go well at all. And in fact, Tim Bontemps also joined Brian Windhorst on his podcast, and they were discussing, and I bring these guys up because they are legit NBA dudes, reporters who are plugged in with sources. They're talking to different agents. They're talking to different team execs. They are plugged in. 
And they both said that there were execs all wondering what the raps were going to do. Because nobody really knew what the raps were going to do because no one ever knows what the Raptors are going to do. But also, everyone had heard though, Suggs had a bad workout. And teams were wondering if that was just a bluff. So do you base everything on a workout? No, of course not. But that's also not a good look if you aren't far and away the pick at number four. Having a bad workout, not a good look at all. Especially for an organization that we know values the development of their guys who pride themselves in picking guys like Freddie, picking guys like Pascal, OG, even Norm, guys who are gym rats, who are in the gym, practice hard, work out hard, have those habits. So you could see how if the, the rumors are true that Suggs did have a bad workout, you could see how that if things are close, you're going the other way with the guy who you see might be able to work better within your program, right? So a GM worries, a GM who's worried about their job, you probably take Suggs because that's a safe pick, right? You're not going to get fired because you take Jalen Suggs at number four because he was a consensus number four pick. But the Raps take swings. If there's anyone not worried about their job, it's Masai Ujiri. He can do whatever he wants, right? So you're going to take a swing. And let's be honest, Raptors fans, Masai Ujiri has a track record that forces us to be patient. So again, this is all about nuance. The next level to this is Pascal Siakam. Does this mean that there's a trade coming for Pascal Siakam? There's so many rumors floating around. People are floating that Pascal has said that he doesn't want to come back. There's rumors that, you know, he is available. Who knows? We're in the NBA silly season, but let's go back to what we do know, right? And we know that if you go back to just before the bubble, Pascal struggled. But we also know if we just go back to last season, there's a rift, a major rift between Pascal and Nick Nurse. Pascal Siakam was benched for multiple fourth quarters. Pascal Siakam was suspended and missed a game. He was fined multiple times. Plus, need I remind you of what happened with the blow up after the Cavs game where Colin Sexton was just talking mega trash and after in the locker room, Siakam was not happy. Here's a quote from the article at the time from Mr. Michael Grange once again. This is from the time, remember, the beef between Pascal and Nick Nurse. Quote, Siakam wasn't happy, and according to multiple sources, let Nurse know about it loudly and aggressively with words beyond standard cursing. It got personal, lines were crossed, and teammates had to intervene according to multiple sources. If you remember a couple days after that, when Nick Nurse was asked about it, you could tell he was still heated. So again, is it that far-fetched to think that Pascal Siakam would be on the trade block and that taking Scotty Barnes, someone who fits in that same Siakam-esque type mold, could be the pick because maybe Siakam won't be around. There's also the flip side that we know Siakam is injured to start next season, so maybe you have Barnes for that so that you don't fall off that much without Pascal. Who knows? But again, what we do know, he struggled just before the bubble, right? Before the bubble started, Pascal was already on a decline, wasn't playing that well. Then the bubble occurs. Then we know what happened in the bubble. He struggled horribly. And last season, he didn't really have a good year. And he was pretty vocal about it. Part of the reason they said the beef was going on last year is he thought he was getting a lot of the blame for the Raptors' struggles, which to me, it's like, dude, you're the max money guy. If anyone's going to get a lot of the blame, it's going to be you. That's just how this works. That's the trade-off. Max contract, that's that's just how this works, right? So you could see where, hey, maybe this has run its course. Who knows, right? We know he struggled. He's hurt to start next season. And at this moment, would you say Pascal Siakam is a depreciating asset? Is just going to get worse from here? Of course he can get back on track, but also maybe a change of scenery is needed for both. And maybe, just maybe, the Scotty Barnes move would help lessen that blow. Do I know that? Nope, I don't. But again, we're just breaking this down from all different angles of what possibly could be happening. 
But oh yeah, in Raptor land, there's also another side to this. There's Kyle Lowry. What's going to happen with Kyle Lowry? Now, the Raps didn't trade him at the deadline. And they didn't do that because, one, they wanted to do right by Kyle. They wanted to send him somewhere that he wanted to go. Also, would they be able to work out a trade that actually worked for the team? They weren't just going to give him up. And Kyle also wanted to sign an extension. So there were a lot of things going on that led to Kyle Lowry staying with the Raps and then being in this situation that they currently find themselves in. Where Bobby Webster post-game or post-draft last night laid out the three options. Kyle Lowry could stay. They could re-sign him. Kyle Lowry could just leave in free agency and re-sign wherever he wants. Or the third option, they could work out a sign and trade. And whichever way this goes... That's going to be a huge deal in Raptorland. Kyle Lowry is Mr. Raptor. He is the greatest Raptor of all time. He should be the first Raptor to have his jersey retired. And then everyone else follows suit after that. But whatever happens next with Kyle Lowry will massively change where this franchise is going in next season. How this is handled. Do you get assets back? Does he just leave for nothing? Does he re-sign? And just decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going to ride this out and retire as a Raptor. Whichever happens, it's a big deal. And that does that play into what happened at the draft? I don't know. But we'll find out. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen next because it's going to be crazy major news for Raptors fans. We are officially in the silly season of the NBA. And one of the reasons why I love the NBA so much is because it gets this crazy. Again, Russell Westbrook is now a member of the Lakers. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis are on the same team. That's the chaos that I love with this NBA season. It's what I love. But hey, I'm going to pause here for a sec. And I'm going to give a PSA here, right? Because there's a lot of people talking basketball these days. And that's cool. Not mad at anyone. Get yours. I pay attention a lot to what people say. And I keep receipts as well. So I have a pretty good feeling about who is actually putting in the work, who's watching the games, who's doing the research, and I'll take in your information, I'll listen to what you have to say, but I also know if you're freestyling and how much I'm going to take what you're saying as just a grain of salt. And again, both are cool. As I said, do you. But we all need to understand the difference. And what I mean by that is that the breakdown of what the Raptors just did, if it's simply just well, we're just going to blindly trust Masai and that's like the layer that we're taking it and he's kind of like OG and Pascal and that's it. We need a little bit more. No, we need a little bit more in our breakdown. We need a little bit more of what this means. Something a little more with the surface because trust me, I ride with Masai. That doesn't mean I'm going to not, it doesn't mean I'm not going to dig a little more to try to find out a little more, formulate more of an opinion, watch a lot more ball, listen to some other people who might be in the know right? Because at the end of the day, I'm also okay with being wrong. Heck, I want to be wrong. I cheer for this team. I root for this team. I work in the industry. My job is related to this team. I want them to do well. I just have fun talking about ball. So that's the thing that we're here trying to remember, you know, it's not all about, you know, this or that or right or wrong or black or white. There's nuance to all of this. And that's why I enjoy doing this pod and talking to y'all and hearing your feedback on what you guys think of the team. I just think that's fun. As I said, I'm always just here trying to give my thoughts, right or wrong, just how I'm feeling at the time. I hope I'm wrong about Scotty Barnes and I hope he turns into a star in this league and in a Toronto Raptors uniform. And just know if that happens, I will be the first in line with my hand up saying I was wrong. Because if anything we do on this pod, I will keep receipts. I'm always going to be accountable for the things that I say, right? I'm the one here that wanted at one point to, that thought it might have been a good idea to build around Austin Rivers and Jonas Valanciunas. (laughs) That was the thing I thought about the NBA draft. We should draft Austin Rivers. He has pedigree. His dad was a coach in the league, (laughs) right? On the flip side, I also wrote a full article about or a full story at when I worked at the score about how the Blazers need to not draft Greg Golden and they need to draft Kevin Durant. You can't pass up on Kevin Durant. My point is that's the beauty of the NBA draft. And I always enjoyed the ride. It's one of the reasons why I love sports because it's our irrational belief in a common goal of winning. 
it's a it's an irrational belief as fans that we know what we're doing, that we know what we're talking about. When really, truth be told, if you follow a bunch of these NBA teams that or go to any sport that end up in the same picking at the high spot of the draft year in, year out, even the professionals don't really know what they're doing, right? So obviously, us watching at home, how do we know what we're doing? But the goal is, as fans, is just to connect because we all want to have that shared experience of being on the ride again, of cheering for a championship team. And we had that feeling a few years ago. And I got hype when Masai had his press conference over Zoom, I think it was at the end of the year, when he said, hey, we want a championship. People forgot about that. That was two years ago. That's old news. We need to do it again. That's why we rep Masai. That's why we want to ride with Masai. And that's why we're all hungry to be there again. That's why I'm sitting here on a Friday morning, (laughs) scrambling up a way to figure out how to record a podcast because my mentions were filled with people asking, hey, what do you think about the draft? My text messages were all filled with people, with conversations, just going back and forth about what we think about the draft. It's why we love sports. It's why we're here. And we're allowed to have this conversation and enjoy the ride. That's fandom. That's why we spend money on tickets. That's why we watch games. That's why we buy jerseys. That's why there were millions of people in the streets for a parade. That's fun. This is fun. And we're all allowed to be wrong. That's the beauty of it. And here we are again because we're all just hungry to try to get that feeling again of the Raptors competing for a championship. And I guess in the end, all we can do is believe in the man, the myth, the legend, the God that is Masai Ujiri and hope that Scotty Barnes is more on the side of OG and Siakam than he is Bruno Caboclo. And hey, either way, if this is the start of the rebuild, there's no one I'd rather have leading the way, even if it does make sense to me in the moment than Masai Ujiri. There's nobody else I'd rather have leading the way. So here we are. Hold on. Is this where I'm reminded again that Masai still doesn't have a contract? (laughs) Let's save that conversation for another day. We just went through the draft and I'm good. And hey, I'm just some dude on Twitter, right? Just some dude on Twitter. But anyways, that's what I got. That's what I got, everyone. Let me know what you guys think. Send in your comments and questions wherever you are listening to this podcast. Shouts to the people that are on YouTube taking in this pod. Let me read some comments there. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe to the YouTube page. That's really how you support this, the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. Subscribe. Hit the like button. If you're listening right now on YouTube, hit that like button. Really appreciate it. That's how you share the movement that is this, the Wrap It Up podcast. I appreciate y'all. Shouts to the people on Twitch stream following along on Blast podcast. Really appreciate that as well. Same to the people on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. Appreciate all of y'all. I really, really do. If you want to catch the full thing, I'll put this up on Instagram as well, on IGTV, so people can see the full thing. Really appreciate y'all. I'm just going to read a bunch of comments here because that's what we do here on the pod to wrap things up. So first off, someone's asking, why am I not wearing the Raptors championship hat? To be honest, I found one of them to put behind me here and the other one I can't really find. My house is a mess right now because I've I've packed up everything for a renovation. So my things are all kind of scrambled away, but don't worry, still rocking with it. Instead, I'm rocking this uh, Lebetard show hat. So you know, we're still here, still rocking with the raps. It's all good. Edgar says, Barnes, Siakam, and OG can hold hands and not let anyone drive to the hoop. (laughs) Edgar, that's a great point. Like defensively, that could be a problem. And when you sub off one guy and the other guy comes in, there's no letdown at all from a defensive standpoint in terms of length and athleticism. Uh, More comments, the Sly Show says Barnes is more versatile than OG and then says, but OG has the shot. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, OG also, I think the comp there is that OG didn't come in as a great shooter, but he put in the work and he was able to develop a good jump shot. And the hope from a Raptors perspective is that Barnes can do the same, develop his jump shot. Uh, DA says Barnes is a verse is versatile, but this was so disappointing. Suggs is a better player, plain and simple. Uh, time will tell. 
Time will tell. This is how the draft works. If you go through any draft over the years, you're going to find, you're going to look back and be like, how can, how did someone take this guy over this guy? It's always going to happen, right? Look, look at just this past NBA finals. You can look and Giannis went what, like 13th or 14th or something like that in the draft. Chris Paul, like Darren Williams went ahead of Chris Paul. Andrew Bogut went ahead of Chris Paul. Like, Marvin Williams went ahead of Chris Paul. Like there, th- this happens, and you look back and you'll say, "How did this guy go ahead of this guy?" It, it just happens year in, year out. So time will tell. And I mean, hey, Suggs is on record saying teams are going to regret not taking him. So we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Someone's asking, maybe do we put OG off the bench now? I don't think so right away. That's not going to happen. Uh. <laughs> Lazy Millennial says Suggs could have been the next D Wade. That's high praise. That's a lot of high praise. I don't know if I see that in his game per se, but who? And the weird thing is, he's going to Orlando. Orlando has started to develop some guys as of late, but they don't have the overall like. And remember, Orlando's front office was formerly Toronto's front office, right? That's Jeff Weltman, who used to work for the Raps. But. We'll see how they build their program out, but I'm interested to see what happens with Suggs. And next year, Suggs might look really, really good right away. And that might not be a good look for Raptors fans right away. But time will tell, right? Uh, More comments. OG is going to make a huge leap and score 20 plus next year. We can only hope. More comments. Gary Trent and Pascal are the scorers, and Van Fleet can go off at times. Pascal makes some mistakes being the point forward at times. Interesting points there, and I mean, that's the hope if you're the Raptors. You hope all those guys can score, but we also don't know if Gary Trent Jr. is coming back for sure. Someone could offer him, you know, upwards of 20 mil, and if the Raps, are the Raps really going to match that? Who knows? So we're about to find out. Things are going to get really interesting in Raptorland because they still have to get big guys. There's rumors about Lonzo Ball. Like this Raptor scene can look really different from the team that we're discussing right now. So we can only hope and we can only see. Uh, Ronan says Pascal at the 4-5, Barnes at the 4-5, OG at the 3, Van Fleet and Trent at the 2, and then Lowry at the 1, hopefully. I ask, where do you think that team gets you next year? How good is that team in the Eastern Conference? If Lowry stays and that's what you're rolling with. Right? Interesting. Um, DA says he thinks that was a waste of a pick. Exactly. The point is it's a fourth pick. Comparing him to Siakam and a 27th pick means nothing. Ryan says, if you watch Suggs, this dude only scores from backdoor layups and catch and shoot. I will say one of my questions, Ryan, I kind of agree with you because one of my questions about Suggs was how can he score at the next level? Because can he get all the way to the cup? Does he have the handle to break guys down off the perimeter and break down NBA defenses? Because NBA defense is going to be a lot different than the conference that Gonzaga played, right? And can he finish at the rim like he did in that conference where Gonzaga played. So I had questions about that too, Ryan. It's probably why I wasn't really sold on taking Suggs as well. Uh, What else do we got here? Elijah says, good morning. Good to hear you again. Appreciate y'all, Elijah. Appreciate you. Um, Let's keep going. Lance says, what do you think about Russell Westbrook to the Lakers? I mean, the Lakers clearly have to make a move. Clearly... LeBron, if we saw anything, LeBron is not the same LeBron. We're finally seeing LeBron starting to slow down, and that means you need more help. Russell Westbrook, I think, will help the Lakers get through the regular season, and I think that's the key. Things fell apart for the Lakers once LeBron and AD went down. If you have Russell Westbrook there, we know what Russ can do in the play in the regular season, and the hope is just get LeBron to the playoffs. And then LeBron will do LeBron things. That's the hope. Russell Westbrook, we know that he struggles in the playoffs. He doesn't always make the right decisions. He shoots a horrible percentage. But in terms of a night in, night out, what he brings to you in the regular season, that's probably what LeBron needs most at this this 
part of his career. He probably thought he was getting that from Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis got hurt as well. So now you're going to try to hope that Russ and Anthony Davis can stay healthy. You also need Anthony Davis to play the five because you can't have Anthony Davis playing the four and LeBron playing the three. I don't know how that would work. So there's a lot of other things to iron out, but in terms of what else were the Lakers going to do to try to improve their team, there's worse things that you can do than get Russell Westbrook because you don't need him to be the triple-double Russell Westbrook to score 20 points. You don't need that. So we'll see. And another thing that I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they think this won't work because of spacing and all that stuff. The one thing I haven't really heard people bring up is LeBron loves the irrationally confident guys. He loves those Mario Chalmers type dudes, right? He loves the J.R. Smith type dudes, the dudes who think they're better than they are. They might take a bad shot here or there, but they're not afraid in the moment and they're not afraid to play with LeBron. And Russ is obviously a way better version of those other guys I just named. So there's a world in which this could work really well. We'll just have to see. And obviously I'm saying that if you follow the pod, you know I'm a Russ guy. I'm not thinking that Russ is still an all-NBA MVP type candidate, but I don't. I also don't think he has to be. He just has to be able to not have the team fall apart if LeBron gets hurt. That's it. Did you see what Russ was doing when he's playing with Gafford last year? The upgrade of going from Alex Len to Gafford? What's Russ going to be doing driving and throwing lobs to Anthony Davis? It'll be interesting. The Town Hero says, someone says, uh, I wonder where DeMar is going. I wanted to know if DeMar was going to end up in the Lakers, but I don't know how that will work at this point. Will DeMar take a lot less? Those things are interesting to me. Interested to see that. The Town Hero. A few months ago, I mentioned on one of your streams that if Masai leaves this season, I will have lost all respect for Masai. You said stop with the Masai slander. I continue to say stop with the Masai slander. Masai can do anything he wants right now. And it doesn't matter. I will never tolerate Masai slander. Never. 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 The man brought us a championship. What are we talking about? Masai slander. Come on, man. Uh... Desi, hope I'm pronouncing that right, says anyone who thinks this is a bad pick clearly clearly doesn't know Scotty Barnes and what he's about. I hope you're right. I hope you are right. Goes on to say Barnes averaged more assists and rebounds in Suggs per 36 minutes. The points per 36 minutes were very close because Suggs played 29 minutes compared to 24 for Barnes. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's the interesting part of it all. And again, I'm going to emphasize, it's not that I think Scotty Barnes is a terrible pick or he's going to be a bust or he's not that good. I just think that from the fourth overall pick in the draft and how the Raps got there, I just would like to have gotten more from there. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And maybe that wasn't possible, right? That's another thing I don't know. Not able to speak on because I don't know what was available to the Raps. Jordan says, just feeling really let down right now. There's not a lot to look forward to with this team right now. And compared to the competition, this team isn't anywhere close to return to greatness. I can't argue with you on that point. Um, Obviously, when you see what's going on with the Nets and you know that they'll be back, Giannis and company, you've seen what they're capable of. There's a Sixers-Ben Simmons trade that we assume is going to happen. Boston's got a new coach. Hopefully, they'll be better. We'll see about that. I don't really know how that's going to play out, but I find it very interesting. Um, I, I wonder what's going to happen with this team going forward. And I think that Masai Ujiri has his work cut out for him. But I also think we can't fully judge what's happening right now at this moment because there's still so much to play out. This Kyle Lowry thing and how Kyle Lowry plays out will have a huge factor on what it means to the rest of this team and what the team will look like next year. So we got to have some patience at the same time. Uh, Jordan also says Suggs was exciting, watched them all through college, and even saw his high school tapes as I'm a Gonzaga fan. I just don't get why we take a guy who has no offensive skills. (laughs) 
Barnes has offensive skills, but I know what you mean. It's not the traditional stuff. And anytime you're talking about a guy who, quote, can't shoot, it's a tough sell. So he's super athletic. He's going to play defense. going to be a lot of turnovers, defense to offense. And one of my boys, Jerome, brought up in the in our group text last night. He's like, okay, so he can't shoot. So even if he does learn to shoot, what does that mean? Right? Like, it'll mean he can catch and shoot a wide open three. Like, you're not going to develop and be like some amazing jump shooter. Like, that's not going to happen, right? So what does it mean? It's, it, it's interesting. It's very interesting. But again, I'm urging myself this as much as I'm telling everyone who's listening to this as well. We got to just have some patience here and see how this all plays out. Do I like the pick? Not really. But hey, I'm willing to see how it plays out. This front office has earned us, has earned that. Undoubtedly. 1,000%. What else do we got here? If the Warriors came at you with Kaminga... Moody and Wiseman for Siakam. Are you saying no? I mean, I think if that was going to happen, they would have done it already. Um, Also, Wiggins would have to be in that deal. I definitely would have thought about it. Definitely would have thought about it. And again, putting those guys into our development program, super interesting. Michael brings up a really good point. He says, does Suggs even want to come to Toronto? I mean, that's an interesting point. And... When Barnes got picked, they did cut to Suggs, and he was up, and he was woofing. He was, you know, he seemed fired up, and he had a bad workout. Is there shenanigans there? Who knows? That's a little too inside, a little too conspiracy theory for me, but who knows? Who knows? couple more comments before we go. Kamal says, do you think the rap system could do something for a Ben Simmons? I'm not a huge fan of Ben Simmons, to be honest. I think Ben Simmons is really good. And I think for him to work, you need the right team around him. Putting him in the backcourt with Fred, I think, would be interesting. Because they could both handle the ball. And also, playing them in the backcourt together, you know, Freddie could be the shooter. As Freddie is maybe better suited as a scoring guard. Or, you know, he can shoot off the catch and shoot a lot better than Ben Simmons. So he'd be able to play off him more. Like maybe that could work. It's interesting. Depends on what you have to give up. And he's a great defender. One of those long athletic guys that we keep talking about, right? So it'd be interesting. And again, the Raptors development program. I think the other side of this whole thing is the Clutch Mafia and how they play a role in this. Where do they want to send Ben Simmons? That's pretty interesting as well. Either way though, everyone listening... There's a lot going on in Raptorland, and it will only continue to get more and more interesting. And we just hope to be here to break it down here on this, the Wrap It Up podcast. I'd like to thank any and everyone who tuned in to listen to this podcast. And we just decided last minute to come together because, hey, the people were asking, what are your thoughts on the pick? What are your thoughts on the pick? So we had to come out and at least put something together to get that out there. So I appreciate all the comments we got live while doing this podcast. If any big news happens, if there's a big Kyle Lowry trade or Siakam trade or something else goes down, we'll be here to do a podcast. Don't worry, it will be coming. So I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. I appreciate all the live comments. Again, if you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button. Really appreciate it. That's how you you support this podcast on YouTube, liking and subscribing on the YouTube page, which is at Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people following along on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing for Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. And of course, the Twitch stream on Blast Podcast, where you can find us on Twitch. Really appreciate it. Again, the Toronto Raptors picked Scotty Barnes with the fourth overall pick. Yes, they made other second round picks, including a dude from the Rex. A Rexdale man's got picked by the Raps. It's amazing. That's pretty cool. And there's tons of time to break all that down, right? We'll discuss all that at a later date for sure. Huge news. The Canadian being drafted by the Toronto Raptors is a massive, 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 massive deal. And at any other point, we could do a whole pod just on that and what that means to the game and to this country and to this team, to this city. Because that's a big deal. So huge shouts there. But of course, all the talk 
with Scotty Barnes going fourth overall to your Toronto Raptors. Hope you enjoyed this, the Wrap It Up podcast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And I'll just end this by saying, am I for the Scotty Barnes pick? Not really. But at the end of the day, we have to trust in Masai. We have to. If anything, he's earned he's earned more than me. The man brought us a championship. There's not many heads of organizations that would have made that DeMar DeRozan trade to bring in Kawhi Leonard at the time, and he did it. And it worked. And they won a championship. So that man can do whatever he wants. He's earned that. I mean, I also hope that he signs his contract soon, but that's a story for another day. And again, I appreciate it. I'm going to hurry up and get this pod up before more news happens and, you know, this pod becomes dated. But at the end of the day, Scotty Barnes, that's what Masai says. I'm going to give patience and hope that it all works out. But who am I? I'm just some dude on Twitter, right? As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Draft Recap Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.